Welcome to Theology in the Dirt, where we try to practice our theology at home and in the public square of our city and our world. Your hosts are Keith Thompson and Mitchell Jolly. Theology in the Dirt is produced by Chris Hayes, and the artwork is by Kayla Sanner. All right, welcome to Theology in the Dirt. We're glad you guys could be with us this week. Um, we have special guests with us today, and uh, I want to let them introduce themselves, and then we're gonna we're gonna dialogue over um, some important things happening in our city, particularly in regard to one of our local ministry partners. And so we're grateful. So we'll start here with Scott Wood. Scott, we know your name because I just said it. Yeah. So so don't tell us uh, don't tell us your name. Who who are you? What do you do? And what's your connection to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so my role at uh, Three Rivers is the the local, um, kind of our local strategic uh, partnership ministry director. So what I do is I am the, I guess, the liaison in a way between um, local local ministries that we support and we're involved with, along with our volunteers at the church. And um, my job is to both kind of find out what's going on with those ministries, what their needs are, where we can help them, but also help people get plugged in. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking to serve the community. And uh, also when when um, some of our members have new uh, ideas for, for ministries that they're looking to do, um, they can come to us. And I have a great team with Diane Lanier and Brandis Nelson that, that we kick around that and then work with Justin Owens, uh, one of our elders and um, talk through whether that would be, we think it would be a good fit for the church. And then we, we bring that to the elders as a whole yeah. uh, to look at and review. So that's, that's kind of my role. So we have an actual target. We're trying to do something in our city locally, and you right. represent that. Are you, you're, are you an elder or a pastor? Nope. Nope. Just a regular Joe. It's a regular <laughs> Joe, right? Well, I think that's what's important. One of the reasons I wanted you here today is because this isn't something that's led by our, quote, church leadership. You are a leader in our church, and you lead this. It's not pastor-driven. It's driven by the people in our city working in the public square uh, and lining those things up with our mission, and I think it's essential. And so I love your work, and I'm thankful for your guys and what you do. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think one. I just want to speak kind of specifically to um, kind of what makes, I think, uh, Three Rivers a little unique in that regard is that— um, you know, the elders and 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 the pat the teaching past pastors that we have you and anyone else that does fill that role I mean just do a great job of uh, discipling and 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 building us up and and knowledge but you also you know teach us and release us mm-hmm. you know to go do that work and 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 encourage everyone that your vocation yeah. you know is your ministry and um, mm-hmm. that was really really important for me and and my wife when we joined the church um, yeah, eight years ago, I guess. Wow, um, it's been so, eight years. Yeah, Holy we were thinking cow, about man. that. Yeah, we were thinking about that. I had more hair. No, <laughs> I, had, I had more hair, no beard. Things have changed. Things have changed. Things so. have changed a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, we're grateful for you, and uh, it's a joy to have you here today. So, Lisa Moore, Lisa, why don't you tell us what you do and who you're representing today? I'm the executive director at Haven Health Clinic here in Rome, and uh, Haven Health Clinic has been around since 1986. Um, Even though we've been Haven Health Clinic for almost six years now, a lot of people still think of us as the pregnancy center of Rome, Mm. uh, which started a long, long time ago. Uh, We changed our name when we went medical, 
right. which means we started doing ultrasounds. Right. Um, and so that's why people still don't quite recognize us as right. Haven Health Clinic. Right. Um, I still hear people say pregnancy center or even crisis pregnancy center. That's right. They still yes. think in terms of that. Right. Which is okay. Yeah. We don't mind that. No, that's right. So how did, how did what was the transition between pregnancy center? You mentioned medical. Mm-hmm. So what is it exactly that Haven does uh, that makes you medical? But what is the overall mission and purpose of Haven? Well, the overall mission, uh, we actually have a mission statement, which is to protect and affirm all life uh, by offering hope and support through the love of Christ. Mm. That is our mission. Yeah. Um, And we really work hard to provide that. Yeah. Uh, We do pregnancy tests, ultrasounds. Uh, We also have a very nice baby boutique. Right. Um, And most of it is provided by local churches. Uh, and individual donations. Right. Uh, some of the churches do baby showers for us, Aww. and uh, we get a lot of stuff from the baby showers, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. You guys, you, do you charge anything for the services that you give to the women in our area? No. We've never charged anything. Everything's free of charge. Everything's free of charge. Mm-hmm. And so can you tell us a little bit about who you serve and and what are some, some things that happen inside Haven that, that makes your work essential? Uh, we serve anybody. Right. Uh, we don't discriminate for any reason. Um, we have a huge cross-section of the population that we serve. Um, and mainly, I would say, our demographic is usually women between the ages of 14 and 40. Um, our, the biggest population would be 18 to 25. Mm. Uh, that's the majority of our clients, but we have seen them as young as 13. And as old as 42, I think, was about the oldest lady that we've seen. Mm. Um, And when they walk in the door, uh, most of them are there right now for parenting classes. That would be the majority that are coming at this time. Um, Yesterday, we actually did two pregnancy tests and two ultrasounds. We're just kind of getting geared back up right now because of being out, because of COVID. Right. Um, So... But we were happy to see the two pregnancy tests and the yeah. ultrasounds. Yeah. Um, that's probably our joy yeah. is is to see do pregnancy tests and ultrasounds. Although I have to say it is very rewarding when we have moms and dads to come in for parenting classes. Um, the most fun is when you have a young mom to come in for a pregnancy test ultrasound and then transition into the parenting classes and to be able to follow them until the baby's a couple of years old Mm. and to watch the growth. Right. Um, Right. That's that's huge. Extremely rewarding. Yeah, that is rewarding. Now we talk about uh, this podcast is named Theology in the Dirt. So our, our, our aim is to wrestle with what we believe God's word says, the ethic of Jesus kingdom and our practice of it on a day to day basis, not uh, academic, which is important. There's a place for the academy, um, but but all of us have to live and work in our city. And so, what is the theological foundation and ethic of Haven that forces you to get involved and not charge for your services, do parenting classes and pregnancy tests? What's driving that? Why is that important? The way Haven, our pregnancy center, started um, back in the '80s, uh, Jimmy Jordan is the founder, and he started, back in 81, he started a ministry called Christian Counseling and Education Ministries. Mm -hmm. Um, He started out as a psychologist who was doing uh, marriage counseling. 
Mm. And he really saw how hard it was, how on marriages, divorce was really causing problems. And he realized that abortion had a lot to do with that. Mm. And he and Yvonne Miller, who was the very first director, kind of combined forces. Um, She also saw the need. And the two of them together formed the Pregnancy Center of Rome, and they called it the Crisis Pregnancy Center at that time in 1986. Wow. And their goal was to lower the rate of abortions in Floyd County. Right. And they put their heads together, and they started it. Wow. And it was a little tiny office in downtown Rome. Uh, within a few short years, they moved to Redmond Road into a little house. Right. And... At the very beginning, they were seeing like a hundred women a week. Wow. Um, it was just such a great need. And it was going gangbusters. And they had a lot of volunteers crammed in that little tiny building. Um, I began volunteering in 1993. Wow. Um, and we were still extremely busy. Within, I think, a couple of months, I became Jimmy's assistant. Okay. Um, doing secretarial work, basically. Right. And then I still volunteered about four hours a week. Um, mm. And that's all we did was the pregnancy test and counseling. Uh, many women were accepting Christ. Uh, we've had uh, close to 700 women at this point that have made professions of faith. Wow. And that, as you can imagine, <laughs> that is... Uh, a cause for celebration anytime we have a, a young woman, young yeah. lady accept Christ. And we've had men as well right. Um, right. to accept Jesus. We've had some of the most wonderful stories of, like, I had one where a salesman came into the office by accident. Oh, it was wow. a drug rep and just happened into the office. And we were, we just talked to him for a little bit, explained to him that we didn't take drug samples. And, you know, he started just chatting, realized what we did, started talking about his girlfriend who thought she might be pregnant. And I just realized that that's why God brought him here. I said, would you like to come in and have a chat? Wow. And he accepted Christ while he was there. That's beautiful. So we realize and we tell our counselors as we're training them, the volunteers as they're going through training, every person that walks in the door is there for a particular reason. Yeah. Jesus does not bring them in for a pregnancy test. Mm. That's not why they're there. Right. They can buy a pregnancy test at the Dollar Tree for a dollar. Right. They're not coming in for a free pregnancy test. Right. Right. God has them there for purpose. Purpose. Yeah. It's a divine appointment. Absolutely. There's a relational connection to what's happening there. Yes. The pregnancy test, uh, apart from particularly um, if this is quote, unplanned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's something emotional happening in someone, a, a, a mom and a dad at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and to walk in that office says, I'm looking for somebody to tell me something that matters here. That's right. And that's absolutely huge. And that's emotional. That's moving, right? Mm-hmm. That that without your presence there, they probably would just go get a test and disconnect from this relational component that God has wired in them there. That that brings me to something I want to ask you, Scott. That that. You guys, have, and I want you to speak to this in a moment, Lisa. But there's a need, right? So, so that relational connection isn't—it's um, uh, necessary, and right. one or two people can't do that. So, when you when you hear that, how does that make us think about the people in our fellowship and the and and in other fellowships in our city and the need they have for people to plug in? What can we do? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things as I'm listening. 
to I'm gonna sidetrack briefly here, but I'm listening to Lisa and just thinking about how you know them in, you know imparting upon new parents um, a sound foundation and biblical worldview. I mean that's that's what's gonna make families strong. Right. Um, and so uh, I mean we can't forget just how amazing and important that is. But you know from a volunteer standpoint. Um, and I kind of joked with Lisa about this, so I'll let her speak to this to a degree. But, I mean, she has everything from people that come in and work, you know, like you said, a couple hours a week to people that collect supplies and things. Uh, for. Um, and I'd like for you to speak about the, the, the dollars that they earn. Um, I think that's really neat in those classes that they can use. Right. Um, but uh, I asked her, I said, you know, what— for men, they say, "Well, what, what can what can we do?" Um, obviously, in, in a women's center, it's a little bit tricky. Sure, um, but there are a number of things uh, that that men can do and plug in. I've uh, I've helped Lisa um, and their team in the past with their big uh, banquet uh, every year, so organizing that, um, you know, fundraising, shuttling. Uh, things here and there. I mean, there's there's things that men can do too. Right. Um, I think that that's important, but. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, every 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 person, every believer has has gifting um, that that they need to, to use. And, yeah. and and at Three Rivers, I mean, again, I, I think that we're very good about encouraging and fanning fanning that flame, um, so to speak. And um, we're actually working on trying to compile at our at our church a, a, a kind of a list of our members and their gifting. And so when needs arise, it's easy to say, "Hey, so and so can." Right. might be a good fit for that. So during this time, it's been so uh, interesting, we'll say, for everyone. Um, yeah. You know, I have tried to reach out to Lisa and our other strategic partners saying, hey, what's going on? What do you need? I mean, Lisa can speak to a story. I mean, they're still doing work, even yeah. in the midst of this. Yeah. Even when you weren't even open, you were still doing work. Um, Coronavirus didn't stop the need. No. Coronavirus right. didn't stop God working, right? Right, right. Um, and so... Um, I just, I'm just extremely thankful and always encouraged to hear um, updates from Lisa, um, and, and she's always been so great about letting us know, hey, this is what we need, right, uh, at this particular moment, right. So. I think one of the things when people think Haven, if they if they know about Haven, or they think or they hear pregnancy center, they think the pregnancy test, or maybe they do think the sonogram, which is key, huge, showing that this this isn't a blob of tissue. This is a child. This is an image bearer of God from conception to death. This is an image bearer of God and this life is valuable and worth saving, worth preserving. Whatever it costs you, this this precious image bearer is vital. But you mentioned parenting classes, right? So so there's so much more that's happening. Mm-hmm. So talk about the parenting classes and why that's important as well. Uh, yeah, one of the things that I want to make clear is that first and foremost, Haven Health is pro-life. Yeah. And everything that we do is going to support that mission of pro-life. Yeah. Um, so we want to be sure that we make it possible for someone who is considering a, an abortion to have an avenue to raise that child. Yeah. So if they come to us and they tell us that, you know, I, I can't carry this child and we try to talk to them about what is the reason that you can't carry this child. You know, right. What, what are the obstacles in your way? Right. We want to make sure that we can help them find 
ways to knock down those obstacles. Right. So if one of those obstacles that they have is, I don't know how to raise a child, right. then we say, we can help you with that. Yeah. So here are free parenting classes. Right. And if one of those obstacles is, I don't have anything to give this child, I don't have any clothes, I don't have a crib, I don't have toys, I don't have formula, then we can say, well, if you take these parenting classes, right. you can earn what we call mommy dollars. Right. And with these mommy dollars, you can have anything in this room, and we have all that stuff. Wow. And where before, we just kind of gave it away right. as needed. Right. Now they actually earn it. Mm. And instead of a handout, it's more like a hand up. Right. And it gives them a sense of ownership and responsibility. Right. And we've seen a huge change mm. in the way they accept these items and the, even the look on their faces when they come in and shop. Right. Right. That's huge. I think I think something we miss uh, in, in our context is that earning is dignified. It is. Um, and and uh, I mean, even in even in the Old Testament, um, for food to be provided to a person in need, God told them not to glean their field up to the edges, but to leave the edges for the for the foreigner and for the poor, so they could come and work. Because work is pre-fall. Before there was sin, God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden to go work. Work is an image-bearing thing. And when we work, we are we are uplifting and building up the image of God in people. So by coming to a class, they're not being forced to earn something. They're being given the opportunity to build up the image of God in themselves. And there is a sense of, I did this. And that is good and holy mm-hmm. and build something in them that's very pro-life right right that's huge that gives that's a, that gives me goosebumps too because it's let's preserve life but let's also build up the quality of life from the inside out yes that's exciting now you mentioned dads uh you talk about dads what happens uh, at haven for for fathers well they have the opportunity to take the parenting classes as well mm. um and we've seen Many fathers come in. We've even had some fathers take the classes without the mothers. Um, it's wonderful to see. We have 17-year-olds come in with their girlfriends. Right. Um, and they probably are some of the best dads mm. that I've seen. That's, and it's cool. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I love it. Well, I I work with DFACS, and we've been involved in foster care and adoption in Floyd County for a long time, mm-hmm. and and continuing to to drive into that work. We know our numbers in Floyd County are exceptionally high, and there are all manners of reason for that. Um, but you guys are attacking that, um, keeping a kid from coming into care by providing services to allow that biological family to to maintain good and solid parenting. So I, what kind of numbers do you see that help preserve that relationship? Because I would imagine you see probably some instances where this is not good. And maybe they voluntarily give a child up for adoption. or But do you see preservation where this family is lifted up out of that cycle of Yes. Of defects care? Yes, we do. Wow. We do. And we do have, uh, we've had met several, I wouldn't say many, but several families that have been referred to us from defects. Fantastic. Um, and some that have come to us actually from um, drug treatment. Right. And so there's, we're kind of getting our feelers out sure. into the community through that as well. Yeah. So you're, you're preserving life at every level. 
which which is a huge savings for Floyd County. Because yes. if that kid doesn't go into care, you just save them a lot of money. A lot, and it's not all about the money, but there is a there is a component to Roman Floyd County that the money we spend and are and, and need to spend can be prevented if we as Christians take seriously this command to engage our city publicly and make a difference. I think you guys are doing a great job there. We're going to take a break and then we'll be right back and we'll continue talking to Scott and Lisa. Okay, we're back. Thank you guys for listening to Theology in the Dirt. Let's transition to coronavirus and your need right now. Um, We've all been pretty much shut down since March. And for an organization that uh, charges nothing for your services, you're completely dependent upon giving. So what has coronavirus done to you guys and and what is your need? And and then we're going to get to baby bottle boomerang in a second, which is something we've participated in for a while. Uh, So what's going on with you guys now and what's the need? Well, um, first of all, the baby bottle boomerang normally starts uh, Mother's Day, uh, where we give out the bottles to the local churches. Uh, Last year we had, um, between churches and some businesses, we had 60 participants, which is the largest we'd ever had. Um, And we were growing, so we really needed more participants. Sure. They keep them until Father's Day and then bring them back to us. We take the money to the bank, and we raise just over $50,000. Wow. Uh, well, we just had Father's Day, so we had, instead of 50000 we had $0 coming yeah. in. Now, you say baby bottle boomerang. Say what that is, right? Because um, some people hearing this may have no clue what that means. Okay. So what is the, what is the baby bottle? Why is it significant? And, and, and because I know what it is, but describe what actually happens on Mother's Day. What do people get? Okay, baby bottle boomerang. Uh, the baby bottles, they're actual baby bottles that are banks. Yeah. They look just like baby bottles, but the lids have a little hole in them where mm-hmm. you put change, dollars, or checks, which we really prefer the checks, Yes. <laughs> that are actually written out and signed. <laughs> yes. Um, they go to the churches. Different larger churches take more. Right. And then they go home with the congregation, and they save change, dollars, or put checks in them. And then at the end, they bring them back to us. Right. And we raise money from that. Boomerang because they go out and mm-hmm. come back. Fantastic. Um, and it's a way for us to yeah. have a fundraiser. Yeah. And it speaks. The baby bottle speaks to the need. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity. It's a beautiful opportunity. It's a great celebration opportunity. You it get is. these on Mother's Day and Father's Day, we bring them back. It's something to celebrate. And it's a way to introduce them to children That's as right. well. And depending on their age, you can start yeah. talking to them about the about pro-life things. Yeah. That's beautiful. So normally that's $50,000 you make during that span of Last time. Last year was our biggest year. And... Uh, we make $50,000. This year you haven't made $50,000. We have not made $50,000. Plus, uh, the coronavirus has hit everybody hard. Right. So our normal donations are also down. Right. Um, so it's been tough. It's, yeah. it's pretty rough right now. Are you guys still maintaining? Uh, I know you guys are you're, you're functioning. You're working. How we about are. your staff? We are. We're paying our bills. Right. Um, we do have an emergency fund. Right. So um, we're not. Our doors aren't closing. Right. Um, so we're okay. Um, but we also know that you know we usually have um, a fundraiser in the fall. The Friends for Life fundraising dinner that we have in the fall right. is is our second. We have two big fundraisers. That's our second big fundraiser. Right. And things aren't looking good for that either. We have around 400 people that sit down for dinner in the forum, right. in the arena, 
and I can't see that we're going to be able to shove 400 people into an arena in September. And, quote, socially distanced very exactly. well, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're trying to come up with alternatives for that right now. And, sure. Um, Scott being on the steering committee. Um, right. <laughs> If you have any bright ideas, I'd love to hear them. But, you know, it's just we're looking at alternative fundraisers right now. So, you know, everything's up in the air because of what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. So, you know, we're just looking at what can we do to raise the same amount of money that we normally raise in our two fundraisers. Absolutely. So, okay, middle of March when this all started shaking down, did you guys stay open any? I mean, I know we were all originally sort of like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, I'm going to get sick. And then as we progressed through the spring and, and we saw numbers decreasing, how did you guys operate? Were people still reaching out to you for need? They were. Okay. Yes. Uh, we had to close regular office hours. We couldn't see patients in person. Right. Um, number one reason that we couldn't see patients in person is because we were not allowed PPE at all, mm. personal protective equipment. Um, you weren't allowed personal protective we, equipment? We don't normally use masks or gowns or anything like that. Right. So the p- suppliers would not let us have it. Uh, they were only sending out supplies to people that got it, already ordered it on a rotating basis. Got you. So we could not get any in. So it was an issue of supply. Supplies had a lot to do with it. Right. Um, mm. So we weren't we would not be able to open without those supplies. Right. Uh, and so we just decided that it would be best for us to close. Right. Um, however, we still had many clients that depended upon us for formula and right. diapers and wipes and clothing. Right. Uh, so God went ahead of us. Mm. He knew that we would need to provide for our clients, so he provided ahead of time. Yeah. Um, We had been preparing for um, our overflow of supplies. Mm -hmm. So we had a small shed in in January, February built to put behind the office for when people brought donations in before we would have a chance to go through them, and we were going to store them in the shed. It had just been completed. Yeah. So what we did, we came up with the idea of packaging what they needed, putting it in the shed, and then they could pick it up Mm. in the shed so that we didn't have to make face-to-face contact with them. Right. So um, the clinical manager and I took turns. And we would contact, we stayed in contact with our regular clients who came for the classes. And we would say, what are your needs this week? Mm. They would give us the list of what they needed. And then we would go to the office, package everything up that they needed, put their names on it, put it in the shed, and then they would come by and pick it up. Oh, that's awesome. So you get creative in making sure Mm -hmm. that people are still served. That's beautiful. You mentioned the scripture passage, and we were talking offline a little bit that that the Lord has used to encourage you during this time. Tell, tell us about that. Uh, yes. Um, one of the things that we did uh, each year, we try to come up with kind of a theme for the year. Right. Before we knew anything about coronavirus, our marketing director, Kelly McGinnis, uh, was looking hard and trying to figure out something. And she shared with me uh, Discover Hope. This was like in November of last year, and I just loved it. Hmm. So we were going to use that Discover Hope theme. And then this hit and we sort of didn't get to do a whole lot with it. 
Um, and that was just perfect, we thought, for the year. And then when coronavirus hit, um, I had just kind of adopted that as my own personal theme for the year. Mm-hmm. And God kind of led me to a verse, um, and it's Second uh, Corinthians 4, 18. Right. And it's, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, mm. because what is seen is temporary, yeah. but what is unseen is eternal. Mm. So I've really been trying hard to focus on right. what we do that is going to last for eternity yeah. and not worry so much on the little things that worries me and <laughs> try not to worry <laughs> right. too much, which is difficult, yeah. but I'm trying really hard. Mm, praise God. That's rich. You know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and he takes care of all of these things. And so we try to focus on those things that are promised, right? He's a good father. And we ask for bread. He doesn't give us a rock. And we ask for fish. He doesn't give us a snake. Mm-hmm. And so when we do his work in his way, I think it was Hudson Taylor who, who said, when we do God's work in God's way, we never lack the resources. And so there's this look to those things that are part of his kingdom. Keep your eyes firmly fixed on those and walk. And you will find bread for the day. And that's even the Lord taught us to pray that, right? He taught us to pray for my daily bread. And the interesting thing is Jesus never said, ask for bread for six months. Right. The assumption when Jesus taught us to pray that way is you're going to need it today, so ask me today, and I'll make sure you get it. That, that pillages my soul of all the things that are seen that I store up right here and try to operate by. And the Lord, no, that's not how you operate. The things that are unseen. Okay, so we had, uh, let me introduce as we kind of begin to wrap up our time together. We, we had an idea, and the idea was virtual baby bottle boomerang. And so here's the idea we want to throw out to people who are listening and to our, our sister churches in town and, and partners who listen to this, even around the world, is we've created a link on our website that we can give to um, Haven for the baby bottle boomerang. And so what we want to do is since we can't take an actual baby bottle and put our change and checks in there, uh, we want to be able to, to give online to be a blessing to you guys. And so what we're going to do is we're going to post a link on our website so people can give to Haven uh, in a designated giving campaign so that you guys can hopefully begin to make up some of that lack. And so at the end of this podcast, we're going to put that link down there. We're going to share this and it's going to go out to all of our listeners and all of our fellowship and hopefully all of our other uh, sister churches and, and encourage them to do the same. And hopefully we can begin to make up some of that lack for you guys. I'm super excited about that. And so we just want to say thank you for your work. We're grateful for it. And uh, yeah, absolutely. God is God has given you guys as a, a partner that we love and appreciate and are thankful for. And we know that you depend on giving and you're doing a kingdom work and so we want to participate. Scott, any final thoughts from you? Uh I would just say, um, Lisa, just just for clarity purpose for um you know, maybe somebody that's listening that's that's pregnant or thinks they they might be you know, what are you guys able to do with them right now um, as far as uh, services, et cetera, so that way they know, hey, you can you can do these certain things. Maybe you can't quite do these mm-hmm. yet. Where Can you clarify for, for yes. them where, where you are in that regard? Yeah, we can do pregnancy tests, ultrasounds. Uh, we have the baby boutique, 
and parenting classes. I mean, you're you're basically rocking and rolling. Yeah, we're For those that rolling. might be a little anxious yes. about the Rona, I mean, you guys, you yes. can say, hey, now, we're we doing... Still, we still do. We have to take temperatures at the right. door. You're doing masks. all the right things, protecting them. Yeah. Everything's hey, disinfected. don't stay away if don't you're anxious. Away. Please, yeah. come see you guys. Yeah. All we're, the more reason to come, right? All the more reason to Absolutely. come. Absolutely. Yes. That's fantastic. Lisa, is there anything else you'd like to share before we, we wrap up? Uh, no, but I would like to thank you very much mm-hmm. for having me here today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Guys, thank you for listening to Theology in the Dirt. If you have any questions for us you'd like us to address, theologyinthedirt at gmail.com. Y'all have a great day. Out. Hey, thank you for listening to Theology in the Dirt. You can email us at theologyinthedirt at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you with some feedback and perhaps some questions if you'd like us to tackle. We'll see you next week. And until then, deuces.